0: hello everybody welcome hope everybody's having a fantastic week so far cheers to making it halfway through it is time for another trades lady happy hour i'm super excited this week to be joined by excuse me an incredibly talented woman Uh, she is a custom motorcycle builder she's an artist she's a photographer she's an amazing mom she is a business owner she owns madhouse motors Uh, she does a ton of really really cool stuff the bikes that she has built um, are just absolutely incredible works of art um i'm really excited to be joined by her i've been following jay for a long time and have never actually met her so i'm very excited I see her right now, so hopefully, without too many technical difficulties, we will make this happen. There she
1: is! Hi! How are you? Good, nice to virtually meet you. I know, right?
0: (laughs) I feel like that's becoming more normal these days, so. (laughs) So you're at home now. Very much so. Yep. How are how are you? Uh, how are you recovering? For those who might not know, Jay just had a, a pretty major surgery.
1: I'm recovering good. Got a little cabin fever. Um, I bet. But I'm trying to. I guess you could probably relate. I got a little bit of like a workaholic thing going on.
0: I have no idea what that's like.
1: <laughs> it's like such a mental game to be home for so long. Yeah, Like, I like my house, I like being home with my kid, but I just, I got so many projects at the shop that I'm mulling over in my head that I wish I was working on.
0: Of course. How much longer do you have to be out of commission?
1: I have about six more weeks.
0: Oh, geez. That's a long time. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) It's probably, it's probably a good thing, though, right? Us workaholics need, like, outside influences to force us to slow down, so...
1: My friends have like created a treaty boycotting me working. So,
0: (laughs) good friends. Cheers to your (laughs) friends.
1: (laughs) My girlfriend's making me a drink right now, so I'll be drinking with you in a second. Awesome.
0: What kind of fancy drink are we having this evening then?
1: Tequila. Always.
0: Tequila, huh? Mm -hmm. I don't know if we can be friends.
1: Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a whiskey girl through and through. but no, tequila's, tequila's
0: my thing. No, tequila and I don't get along. I have had many a bad night with tequila and I just I just stay away now. It's smarter for me and everybody around me. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. So um, for those who don't know you, I see we've got a ton of people on tonight and uh, probably some of them are people who love you already and follow you. But for those who don't know you, um, tell us a little bit about what what you do. Oh.
1: Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to explain who I am, but also because I haven't met you. I also want to know a little bit about you. Um, we can totally do that. We can do it back and forth because I would love to learn about you and everything you've been doing, uh, farther than what I've seen online. Yeah, but absolutely. little reverse interview ish. I'm, um, I'm down so, for that. For myself, uh, my name's Jay. My last name is Shia. It's not one name that a lot of people sometimes think. Um, and I own a motorcycle shop here in Boston uh, with an amazing staff,
0: you know, a handful of mechanics
1: who are basically like like family to me as well as a whole community of people in Boston that have been more than supportive. I can, I can like go on a whole rant about that. Um, but I've been doing this for basically my whole life. It's um, kind of like the only language of career that I know and basically started off as an early teenager thinking I knew what I was doing, trying to fix stuff, telling people I was a skilled mechanic and just the trial and error for most of my teenage years into my twenties working on motorcycles. And it kind of grew with the support of like a whole community of people into a shop that's now a full service shop. You know we do full maintenance on all year makes and models um as well as restorations on antique and rare bikes and then myself and um sometimes with some of my staff members, we build custom bikes and uh do a lot of fabrication and just and make stuff. I like to make stuff specifically <laughs> well and you
0: you are an artist as well, like did you get training as a as an artist
1: yeah, so it's funny because sometimes when I get, when I do like an interview, I find myself like repeating my, like my go-to answers. Right. <laughs> and it's like, I hear it in my head. I'm like, oh my God, Jay, here we go again. <laughs> I guess we will give a little bit more of the back side of the story. So I didn't want, I did not want to be a mechanic. I did not want to run a shop or a business. I have no background in that at all. Um. When I was a teenager, I really wanted to be a war photographer. And so I wanted to go into the war zone with a camera and do war photography. Wow. So I, after graduating high school, actually I graduated high school early because I was really bad in school and I got kind of pushed by a counselor to graduate early. So I graduated as a junior and I started traveling with a camera. Oh wow. Here comes my tequila. Yes. (laughs) No, I don't have my (laughs) name. She's very shy. But. Hi. Um, Actually, this kind of all comes full circle. So I was taking photos as a high schooler and then went to college to be a photographer to do documentary war photography where I met her 10 years ago. Um, But this was kind of at the boom of the cell phone where you'd see a photo on the cover of the New York Times done with a phone. And so for me to like, you know, survive through school, I was doing these tire and oil changes, which I hated, you know, every single day in a dirt yard, Uh tire and oil changes, brakes, you know, car rebuilds, all this crap. And I, my relationship with motorcycles and being a mechanic was dreadful. I hated it. I was a little embarrassed by it. I was always dirty. Like I was just like, I, I, I couldn't stand it. There was, It's just like, I felt like it was a burden, like shit, I'm like fucking under the, under the bike, working in the snow, and I just, I hated it. But, you know, now, I'm kind of like glad I had that whole experience, but the, the end of the story is that as I was going through school, this was how I paved my way, and then by the time I graduated, photographers were like, not a thing. Or at least I couldn't really do that. and so It's, di-
0: it's different now for sure, yeah.
1: It's different now, you know. But yeah, I have an art background, which is starting to come more into my everyday life. Like with the style of bikes I'm building, with my aspirations, with where I want my career to go, which is really different than where I was a couple of years ago. And so I'm definitely bringing back that art life that I had 10 years ago.
0: And you can tell because your builds are so, they're unique and they have their own style. And I love how much you pull like unusual stuff into your bikes that I think aren't often considered things that you would put on a bike. (laughs) Like it's just, it's kind of a cool thing. So it's definitely your artistic eye. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. It's been some incredible steps. So you said that your mission now or your goals now have changed from what they were a few years ago. Do you, do you mind sharing what, what the change is, what it was, what it is now?
1: Sure. So for a long time, I was building custom bikes for a customer where it was their idea, their design, their budget, their body size, their riding style. And I was creating the motorcycle. To be a, a perfect fit for them, which is fun, and I get to like build a relationship with the customer and and kind of have this interaction over the course of x amount of months and get to know them. And it's more than just the motorcycle; it's something that they're creating in collaboration with myself and my shop, which has been a lot of fun. But over the past couple of years, I started to build for myself in my own style with my own backstories and my own you know, kinda like dreams and my weird stuff that I throw in. But now I'm <laughs> it sounds strange because I feel like I haven't really like said this out loud.
0: Um <laughs> oh, I'm honored. <laughs>
1: uh my what I'm hoping to do at this point is build motorcycles but also build these displays to show the bikes, which I put in as much heart as I can into the motorcycle and I want to put in an equal amount into how it's displayed. And so I know I'm a motorcycle builder or a motorcycle mechanic or whatever it may be, but I am curious if I could take, you know, the, the legacy of information that I've inherited from the people that I've learned from. And if I could take the skills that I've tried to like, kind of, you know, mix match together and put it into building these displays to show my bikes or to show any bikes. And so even though it's not a motorcycle, it's not something moving, I want to have, uh, I want to take a shot at creating more of an environment around the motorcycle, which sounds really artsy, which kind of is this like hippy-dippy shit going on <laughs> in my head. But I've been thinking about it for a while. Where it's like I love name. it. I don't want it to be a motorcycle. I want it to be the environment and display for the motorcycle.
0: Interesting. I dig it. I like it.
1: Oh, and God, it sounds it- weird. But no it
0: doesn't at all because your your work at least from what i've seen has always been a balance of of art and function and and so making art the more central kind of focus of of that and and really making the display and the setting for it and all of that it does not does not sound weird at all i think it's awesome i
1: appreciate that the the way that i'm kind of thinking of it is that you go to these motorcycle events And if one of your friends who doesn't know anything about motorcycles comes, and they're looking at the bikes, but they can't fully grasp what was put into it. And they find themselves drinking a beer, you know, drinking a whatever it is and kind of like mosing around without, you know, having a memory to walk away with. And I was hoping to try and create like an interactive aspect for the motorcycles to be seen. So you like you can put your kid you know you know i'm just gonna spill the beans i don't care i want (laughs) my girlfriend shaking her head (laughs) whatever you know what my goal after i build this project that i'm doing is i want to build a carousel for my bikes where she's she's so pissed over here i'm sorry okay (laughs) i'm just i'm just taking it because i sound so vague you know what i mean You don't sound big, but I love that you feel I comfortable about to share. All the time, and it sounds crazy, but I, I, I don't care anymore. I want to build a carousel that I'll mount my bikes on so that you can go and have this 360 degree interactive experience with the bikes so that you can put your kid on it so that I you actually, love actually, you know, have this whole moment where you walk away from that moment and say, wow, those bikes are cool. The carousel, it's like it'll create a memory instead of just a motorcycle. And so my next project is not going to be a motorcycle, I hope. I hope that my next project is building a carousel, which a might motorcycles for a motorcycle builder, but. <laughs> I absolutely love
0: that. I really do. I think that is absolutely phenomenal. I have no doubt in my mind you will pull that off. And I, I think it's so cool because it, it accomplishes so many things. like. And I think it speaks to your creativity and like who you are in so much bigger of a way. Like from what I've seen, like you're you're always been about bringing your son into the shop and bringing kids in and showing more people what this industry is all about. And, or all of these industries, you know, the, the trades and the automotive and motorcycle, all of that, like bringing more people in and showing people what it's all about. And so creating that interactive element because I think so many people don't have any clue what goes into a build of any sort, let alone a an extremely customized motorcycle build. Like people don't know, and so creating a more engaging environment for people to get an introduction to that and see the art of it and see the beauty of it, like amen to that. I am excited to come and see that carousel once it's built.
1: If if, if it gets built, I it will get know. built. It if will it get built. built. <laughs> like i look at some of the builders that i admire and it's like they are creating these masterpieces that are if it was a different medium of art if this was a painting it would be up on a wall at in a museum a with beautiful lighting <laughs> and be in front of it honor the way that the masterpiece should and so sometimes when you see these these motorcycles or these cars or these sculptures or whatever it may be that these other artists or builders are creating and it's just put down on the floor, yeah, that's, that's where it organically would be. A motorcycle is on the ground, ready to go, ready to be ridden. But when it's in its display mode, I feel like it'd be really cool if the display was another, another like challenge that the builder takes on to explain how they want their machine seen. Some people would use bright white lights, some people would use neon lights, some people on a black stand, some on a wood stand. And it, it gives them a whole other you know moment where they could show how they want their art presented, and so, I want to do a carousel, you know, maybe yeah, I just want to do a carousel. That's I think it. it's
0: fantastic. It's elevating the art side of it, and I think that's the side that most people are not don't really think about. like they think about mechanics and builders and car builders and motorcycle builders as as tradespeople, and we are. <laughs> But there's also a huge amount of art and craft to it. And you're right. Like, there's so many talented artists that I see in the automotive and motorcycle world that had, if they were painters painting landscapes, they'd be in a museum. But because they're painting cars, they don't get that same recognition and, and see the art as art. So I, th- I think oh. it's awesome. I think that's very, very cool.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah. Maybe I to kill all the gum spit that out. But I've been thinking of- <laughs>
0: You only had like two sips of tequila. You can't blame it on the tequila yet. Yeah,
1: dude, I'm a lightweight. <laughs> I can't. I don't, I'm prepared, but that's awesome. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Now you you said you've been around motorcycles your whole life. Like I I know a little bit about your backstory, but I don't know that everybody else watching does. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I mean. I feel like I don't even have like a memory of when they were introduced. It's just, it's not only motorcycles either. It's like my family, (laughs) they just like collect weird things from like motorcycles to, I don't know, like crappy old lawnmowers and stuff. (laughs) Being around machinery is something that I grew up with, which is where the shop got its name and I can give that in like a brief backstory. I know that some people have heard it, but, um, and I try, I'll try not to talk trash about my father, who I love very much, because he sometimes watches these things. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but so my family's house, uh, locally was known as the Madhouse. It's just kind of like this crazy, uh, crazy house with, you know, motorcycles and kids and dogs and parties and all this junk everywhere. And growing up there, I was, you know, surrounded in this kind of like hoarderish junk house. And so as I was growing up, I would like to take things apart, put them together, et cetera. And there was motorcycles in the yard and as an early teenager, I wound up fixing one. Um, and that's what kind of started me being a rider like every day besides like dirt bikes and i'd ride around and was a young teenager and i've said this in like other interviews or whatever i was like kind of a little shit, and i wanted to be cool and i would go and park places and tell people uh, that i fixed this bike trying to drum up work because i was doing tire and oil changes and it all kind of like originated from a lifetime of being around motors and machines and me trying to like bring people back and lure them back to the yard so that I could have work. Um, and this is the time of my life, where I, I, I was like the worst mechanic ever. I didn't know <laughs> first thing about anything. I didn't have a smartphone to like, YouTube. You know what I mean? I, I was like, complete improv artist. Um, but yeah, I mean, aside from the house, I have a lineage of like a couple of generations of metal workers in my family, all from Lebanon. And it's just, it's been something I've been around since I was like a wee kid, dirt bikes and kind of like the whole nine. But my teenage years is where it really began to come together because I wasn't just like a child taking part of a microwave. I was trying to like have it be a job, you know. Yeah.
0: Was it ever looked at as a as a weird thing or a not okay thing for you to be a young girl doing this in your family or in your neighborhood?
1: Not in my family. So when it comes to gender, I feel like I've gotten very lucky for the life that I have, which I know is not true for a lot of young women and women in this industry or in a lot of other industries when it comes to being in an occupation where it's predominantly male run. For my family, so I'm, I'm the de- descendant of my grandmother, who in Lebanon was a notorious tomboy. I have a photo of her on a motorcycle when she was younger than me in That's Lebanon, awesome. and that was very not okay. That's so awesome. Having her be the matriarch of my family, it was totally fine for myself to do anything that was boyish. On top of that, my whole family kind of viewed me like a little boy anyways. When I was younger, I had short hair, rat tail, I looked like a little boy, you know, called Jay. the whole thing. And so my gender was never really a roadblock. I never even really thought about it until the past, I don't know, five years where it started being mentioned more. Oh, it's kind of weird being a woman in the industry or how is it being a woman in the industry? where I feel like I've been in this sort of utopia where I've never experienced that real, that real roadblock.
0: That's awesome. But then there's
1: other people that I see who have such a hard time and it makes me feel like I've had a very easy road. And so I, I never personally had too much, like obviously there's the small things where a customer says something or, you know, yeah. Like customers will sometimes say stuff, being surprised that I'm a woman who runs a business. Yeah. But in my personal life, I'm really, really lucky that I've never really dealt with too many gender issues at all, which, awesome. which yeah, I feel very blessed for. It's encouraging.
0: I feel like there was a time in my career, in my life, where every woman I spoke to in the industry had had awful experiences. And then I feel like I'm talking to more and more women, particularly younger women, that are having similar experience as you like it was never a thing and you know maybe a couple of little issues here and there but it was never a big thing and it's that's so it's so encouraging to me to hear (laughs) like the change is actually happening you know and i I think things are are shifting in that arena so that's good to hear i think the
1: day is coming soon and i hope it speeds up where the question won't even need to be asked where it won't be oh, how is it being a woman? Or how is it being someone in this community or that community or this minority or that minority doing an occupation where those factors shouldn't, in theory, have any, shouldn't be in play. We use That's it. And so, you know, I hope that that day comes. And from what it seems is that most of the people in this industry are pushing for that anyways. So it's really just kind of a game against time and yeah, there's some people out there, which is very normal, who are trying to keep it in its old classical ways, which is fine. But you know, it's you, you gotta just go with the times. It's gonna be a question that hopefully won't be asked too much anymore.
0: I agree, amen to that. You um, there you had answered a question in a in an interview that I had read of yours where you said that one of your goals was to be able to see the day where you build a bike and have it be considered a cool bike, not a cool bike built by a girl. And I yes. just 100% like, I don't want to be a female mechanic. I just want to be a mechanic <laughs> who I, happens I, to be female, right? <laughs> and that, that, that's a non-issue. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I that's, that's. Do exactly. you feel
0: in your career like you've reached that point where people look at your bikes and say, that's a cool bike? I hope so.
1: I mean, some people probably think my bikes are weird as all hell. And- dangerous. But (laughs) I I don't want my gender to play a role in it, where it's like, you know, I hope that people can either love or hate my bike for what it is, or my projects for what it is instead of, oh, that was a good shot for a girl. or that's, you know, that I hate that bike, because it was built like a girl, you know what I mean? I, I guess I hope that the time comes where people will judge the machine on the machine instead of on who created it. And like, I think that day is coming. I hope that day is coming. I hope it speeds up for everyone. You know?
0: I think I think you and all of us who are out there being present and being visible are a part of that. So um, I, I hope it's coming sooner rather than later as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree.
0: How um, how big is your shop?
1: So we recently moved shops. Uh, Ooh, this- congratulations. Thank you. Um, which was a big move, a hard move. Um, but (laughs) I had a lot of help from like all my friends in the Boston Motorcycle community. So thank you to anyone who's watching from, from there. Um, our shop now is a little less than 6,000 square feet. We are building out a coffee shop attached to it, uh, which will be fun. Um, so that if our customers want to come and hang out while they're getting work done, have a cup of coffee, watch a movie, hang back, or if someone wants to stop in on a ride, so, yeah, it's around 6,000 square feet, plus a small coffee shop, um, which we're building out right now.
0: That is awesome. And yay for It Takes a Village, like your community that's helped you out. That's, it's, and I've done the move thing as well. And I know that it is like the worst thing in the world and the best thing in the world. Like I never, after I moved my shop from one building into another building, I was like, I'm never doing
1: this ever again.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> was awful and thank god for all the people who were supportive and helped out
1: yeah we had a lot of machines that were just like the most unbearable thing to move so how many pounds of machine yeah we had my entire machine shop which we had to move i I wouldn't like 100 something bikes and it was a lot
0: how far were you moving it
1: we weren't moving too far um but our other shop like we had this kind of weird, crazy ramp. So it was very hard to get stuff in and out when it came to machinery. So we got it done. No complaining over here. We got it done. It was
0: good. <laughs> it awesome. And how long have
1: you been in business? Been in business since two or 15. No, since 2009. That's That's not- I- wow. Nice. As our shop location, our location, No. Or just business. We've been in business since 2009. That's Um, phenomenal. And yeah, what is it, 2021? Yeah, since 2009. And before that, we, well, I was a business, but it was like, we couldn't figure out our name yet. And we were just like, kind of, it was like super janky. That started in (laughs) 2007. So 2009, we got a lot more official.
0: That is awesome. That's a huge amount of time you have you've arrived you've done it (laughs) you
1: must have been a baby
0: when you started
1: yeah I had no idea what I was doing I you know what's what's crazy is I still have customers who remember myself in the shop when we were like the most janky like you know bogus business ever (laughs) they come into the shop now and it's like so nice to see that they like haven't like I don't know, they haven't jumped ship, but yeah, it was a lot of, like, growing pains and improving when we started because it was, like, this business out of desperation because I didn't have another I didn't have another job. Um, and so a lot of trial and error, but now I've, you know, I have phenomenal mechanics, I have amazing mechanics, a great manager, and then these customers who I I, like, I love so dearly. And so I feel like running this business is not just purely on the skill of my team, or on how we work, but also on our customers who are just who are great, and who have great projects and and cool ideas and cool dreams. So it makes it it makes it easy to stay alive, I guess.
0: Well, and, and takes take some of the credit there for yourself as well, because it takes the leadership and the vision to build that team and create that culture and environment and attract those customers and make it a community and a family. And I, I get it, that's not always, that's not an easy thing. And a lot of people strive for that and, and don't reach that goal. So you've you've accomplished it and stayed in business and built an amazing thing. So definitely accolades to you.
1: I appreciate that. We definitely, we try. <laughs> do, you, do you ever, I'm curious, do
0: you ever, like, look back and question or or wonder what the path would have been like if you had gone and been a war photographer? Oh. Like, the original plan?
1: Time. So, it, up until, man, tonight is a transparent night. I'm, like, spilling all the beans. Um, up until about three or four years ago, I was on and off debating if I was going to stay in business because it was just, it was really hard to be totally straight up. And so, yeah, sometimes I I think about which way my life could have gone if I went down a different path, but those thoughts have kind of subsided a lot lately. Also, at the at the crossroads where I was debating if I was going to go and be a war photographer and, you know, be in the trenches with a camera or if I was going to keep doing tire and oil changes, which I dreaded was at the same time that I wound up taking on my son. So I knew I couldn't go and be a war photographer because you can't be on a battlefield with a baby, but you can do a tire change with the baby sitting in a car seat while I'm, you know, doing a tire change. And so that's also where some of the like, sort of the animosity towards the motorcycle world started with me because I had this dream of, of being this photographer. And what I got instead was like cold, dirty tire and oil changes. So for years and years and years, I just like, I just, I hated it, but I had no other choice because I, it's like, what am I going to do? And so now that I've kind of gotten over the hill of this, like, internal fight I've had with career paths, I can kind of step back and see that it all happened the way it was supposed to, you know, the the dust is settled, my longing to be this, this war photographer has chilled out. And I'm now at a point where I like, I'm happy with the business I've created, I'm happy to be home and safe with my son. And if I want one day to pick up a camera and go somewhere, that can happen at any point. It's not, it's not as time sensitive as, as making a dollar doing work. And so the the thought about which way my life could have gone, it used to be on my mind all the time. And now it's, it's chilled out quite a bit. I think. <laughs> you know, I think it's an ebb and flow. I've, I've, I've been there
0: with the, the falling in and lo- in and out of love with with my business. I I had my general repair shop for 13 years before I sold it. And it was like this total roller coaster of there were months or years where I was excited about it and I loved it and I kept coming up with new ideas and things I wanted to do and was like just jazzed about it. And then there were periods where I was 100% not in love with it, dreaded it. Wished I didn't have it. And like, those were always the times when I would start questioning, like, maybe my mom was right and I should have gone to law school. <laughs> like, but yeah. I think that's, there's a little bit of, I think that's natural. And just the reality of being a business owner is not as easy of a path as people tend to think it is.
1: Yeah. It's eased up lately as we've grown. and But yeah, I mean, it's always in your mind a little bit. I'm like, you'd be lying to yourself to not daydream about a different life, you know? but it's also, it doesn't take a lot to like, I guess, satisfy, to satisfy me. I don't need, you know, I don't need the most crazy glorified life. If I'm okay and able to survive, I'm all right with that. And nowadays being a war photographer is very different. And so it's about being satisfied with what you got, which I feel like I'm at now finally.
0: Well, congratulations. Welcome to to that. That's fantastic.
1: <laughs> I'm totally bullshitting myself right now. I'm just like saying this, trying to like talk myself into it. But, <laughs> um. but you know, I feel like it's a life
0: journey. Like, I don't feel like it's a, it's a one-time thing. I don't think we suddenly arrive at happiness and, and then we're there. Right. Like I feel it's a constant pendulum swing and a constant balancing act. And, um, reassessing and finding, and we go through ebbs and flows with it, and I think that's okay, but it's a beautiful thing to be at a place where you're feeling satisfied with your life. That's a good thing.
1: Right.
0: I feel like your girlfriend's giving you dirty looks there, but you're looking back over there.
1: <laughs> I can hear her talking to my kid about a Narnia book he's reading right now. Uh-oh. very. Na- How old is your son? He's 11, but he's very, very tall, so he looks like he's 1314.
0: And you've had him in the shop since he was like a wee one.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he was in the shop. Well, he was around us working on bikes since he was like literally the day he was born. um, Because we used to work on the bikes in my family's yard. And so I put him in his car seat and he'd, you know, be there while we're working. And then as he's grown up in the shop, you know, we used to find his toys and his Legos and people's exhaust pipes and stuff <laughs> everywhere. But yeah, he's he, now that he's older, he helps a lot at the shop, which is nice with like cleaning up and organizing tools and nice.
0: He's a shop boy. Does do you think he has a future in it?
1: Um, I don't know. I never push it on him, and I think that sometimes because I have a little bit of a workaholic thing that my career in my, my job and the bikes and the shop, he views sort of as like something that takes maybe time away from him. Mm -hmm. And so I try to not be like, Hey, well, come with me to the shop so we can have us time. And I try and separate as much as I can. And so yeah, like he rides dirt bikes and he likes to take things apart and you know he recently just started riding a two-stroke and like he he knows what he's doing on bikes and he understands the shop but I try and have my relationship with him be very separate from my career like even like my house I don't have motorcycle stuff here because I don't want it to be like bombarding him and so whatever he wants to do in his life if it's a motocross racer or a ballerina or a trumpet player I don't I don't really care I just don't want to be like forcing it on him you know, so we'll see what he does. I don't know. He's a jack of all trades of like funny, weird stuff. So, whatever that's, you want.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> and he's being exposed to all of the things, and that's.
1: He's exposed to a lot of, he's a, a very wide spectrum of life things. That's the only thing I'll push is to show him a little bit of everything so that if he wants to choose that, then go ahead. And whatever that is, if he wants to be a furniture maker, I, I, I don't care just okay today we're doing woodwork just to show him the spectrum of life instead of being like i'm a mechanic you'll be a mechanic right I, i i'm not gonna do that to him
0: yeah i think it's interesting i talk to parents often and and i hear like one of two things like especially trades folks and their kids it's either i wanted my kid to get into it and they weren't and i'm super disappointed or hell no i'm not letting my kid even in the shop and it's like it seems to be like one of one of two camps, and at the end of the day, like you're to your point, it's we expose our kids to all of the things and then we let them
1: be them. Yeah, like I don't, I, I like so adamantly don't really care what he winds up doing. Like he can be really into cooking and then he'll like be dancing for a whole afternoon. And then he recently got a trumpet, which that sucks, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't, I don't really care what he does. I would be surprised if he wanted to be a mechanic. Um, he's told me a couple times that when I die, he's going to turn Madhouse into a bar, which I don't know how that's going to go, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. That's every, every, an interesting every, statement. <laughs> he, yeah. It was the whole coffee shop thing where he's like, don't people have more fun at bars and clubs and all like, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> I don't really care what he winds up doing. It's just, I want him to know that there's enough options. You Know, yeah, I'd put money on that. He's gonna be like, uh, I don't know, he's really into animals and he's talked about wanting to be a vet a lot. But nice, okay. all right, we'll see. I don't know.
0: Well, to whatever he chooses to be, maybe he be as successful as you are in your career
1: or more, I, I, or I, more. I, <laughs> my half ass, so. <laughs>
0: All right. Um, I have so many questions for you. because I want to talk about your projects and I want to talk about all of the things. But I know you had questions you wanted to ask me too. So I don't want to like totally domineer this, this conversation with interviewing, you
1: with you. Could you give me the rundown on how all girls garage started or how you started? Yeah, um, so All Girls Garage
0: was a totally random thing that I had no intention or like vision for doing. I I became a mechanic or got into cars when I was 16 and I knew nothing, like I knew nothing about cars and I, polar opposite of you, did not grow up around it. My My dad isn't into cars, my mom doesn't even like pumping her own gas, like, They don't know where I came from. I'm an alien child that got switched at the hospital. I don't know. Um, But I was a weird little hippy-dippy kid as a 16-year-old, and I love Volkswagen bugs. And and so I remember reading Volkswagen magazines and seeing they were all built by boys, and you never saw girls in them except if they were wearing high heels and bikinis. And my little 16-year-old was like, that's bullshit. (laughs) I want to build my own bug. And I did. I bought, I spent my babysitting and lawn mowing money to buy a $500 Volkswagen bug. That was a piece of shit. Awesome. And And I enrolled in high school auto shop and I was the second girl in my high school to take auto shop. And I was strongly encouraged against it.
1: Where is this located? In New Jersey. Oh, Jersey, kid.
0: Jersey, yeah. <laughs> um... And then I didn't think I was—I didn't think I was going to make a career out of it. It wasn't something that I enjoyed. It I really loved working with my hands. I loved restoring my bug, but it was never presented to me as a career path option. Like nobody ever came to my high school, even in the shop class, to say this is a thing you can do. I didn't see images of pe- of women particularly, but I didn't really. It just wasn't in my periphery. You know what I mean? Right. And I went off to college and I thought I was going to be a lawyer. And when I got done with law, not law school, with pre-law, um, I realized I'm, I missed working with my hands. And I missed, um, I was enjoying teaching my, my friends in school about their cars. And I was really loving that piece of it, like using car knowledge as a way to empower people. Right. And so that was kind of. The, the thing, I decided not to go to law school, I went to Universal Technical Institute, um, became a mechanic, worked for a BMW dealership for seven years. This is still in New Jersey? So partly in, in New York. Um, I, I lived in Brooklyn and went to work at a BMW dealership in Long Island. And then I moved out to Arizona and then worked at a BMW dealership here in Arizona.
1: And where's All Girls Garage now? So,
0: All Girls Garage is just the TV show, and that is filmed in Florida in a studio. So, totally unrelated to my shop, um, unrelated to what I do. I'm in Phoenix. Oh, sick. Yeah. So, I opened up my first repair shop in 2006, and ran that for 13 years, and... All, the producers of All Girls Garage found me while I was running my shop. And I was just doing my thing. I was three years into being a business owner. I, like you, got into business like not knowing what the hell I was doing. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't have any money. I had no plan. I just knew how to fix cars, and I was good with people, right? And um, they found me. They're like, we're doing this show, and we're looking for female mechanics. Would you come out for an audition? And at first I told them hell no, because I thought they were going to want the drama and the cat fights and the pillow fights. And I was like, nope, not doing it. And
1: so you fly down there, you do shows, but then you go back to your shop in Arizona.
0: Yep, exactly. So I had my first shop was 180 degrees automotive. I sold that uh, about two years ago. That was like a general repair shop. And kind of similar to your like coffee shop, I. Concept. We didn't have a proper coffee shop, but I had an art gallery in the lobby, and um, it was very much a community space in addition to being a general repair shop. But then I started Girl Gang Garage, which is different from All Girls Garage, and that's the shop where I do the all-female build. And that was taking up so much of my time. I'm like, all right, something has to go because I, I was losing the sense of balance in my life. Understood. And, uh, Something had to go, and it was my shop. So now I have Girl Gang Garage, and then I fly to Florida to do the the show.
1: That's awesome. That is very, very cool. And how long have you been doing the show now at this point?
0: The show, we are going into our 10th season. So
1: 10 years.
0: I know. It's crazy. Like I think about, oh, my God, I was a baby when I started
1: doing it. (laughs) Our real question is, what do you drive? You being a car mechanic. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, well, so I was a BMW mechanic for a long time, right? So BMWs kind of made sense for me. So uh, I, I, had, I had Volkswagens for the first half of my life, and then I got into the BMWs, and I drive a 335 coupe that's been tuned. Um, it looks like a bag of poop right now. Because <laughs> um, I'm like...
1: Honestly, cars are like an Achilles heel for me. I understand the concept of them, but I don't know as much about cars as I feel like maybe I should or I could. But yeah, cars is like, a little bit over my head. It's all the same stuff, man. No, I know. I mean, well, there's some new stuff. You know, I don't know.
0: Oh, As far as knowing the brands and the models. I'm not. I'm not that either. I'm horrible at that game. I don't know no i don't don't, i'm not good at that thing i just like fixing them like i just like working on them i like fixing them i like building them i don't really get into the oh that's a 1971 something 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 like i don't
1: so if you didn't do cars you'd be a lawyer
0: that was the original plan
1: what kind of law
0: i i wanted to be a supreme court justice one day was my original when i was young i (laughs) i was really into like i was into women's studies before they called it gender studies. Um, and I I worked as a domestic violence counselor and did a lot of that kind of work. So I really wanted to get into that aspect of law, working with women. Mm-hmm. And I think I got a little burnt out on it. Um, and I think that was part of where I found myself. Yeah, so where I found myself craving the working with my hands because it was this combination of, I could empower women through working on their cars and helping them change their relationship with this thing that they think is scary and make change in a different way than, than being a lawyer.
1: For sure. So. so from here, now that you have your shop and you have your show, what, where are you trying to go?
0: It's a fantastic question. What's, what's next? <laughs> I uh, haven't had what, enough whiskey for this. I, uh, I
1: want to hear what you got up your sleeve. <laughs> i don't know you know
0: selling my shop was to open me up to being able to do more with with girl gang garage and i i think really i just i want to focus on that and really building um a community and ways for women in the industry to support each other everything that i do at the end of the day is i i want to improve the industry i want i want the industry to be get the respect that it deserves from people i want to change the relationship between women in the industry both as consumers and as as participants in the industry and and so i do like i do shop management coaching working with shops like helping them build better corporate cultures and customer service and how to interact with their female customers and so it it's all kind of related like I don't know what the next exactly is other than bigger, better, more of what I'm
1: currently doing. Yeah. Continue. It never feels like enough.
0: Like it never I, feels like enough.
1: I definitely hear that. I definitely, definitely hear that. Very cool. Yeah. It's,
0: it's kind of, I don't know, this workaholic thing that we, that we have, right? It's this, uh, it's this, it's really cool to hear you talk about finding that place of satisfaction and yet still having drive because I feel like that's a really difficult balance to, to get to where you can both still have drive and want for more and also be satisfied with what is.
1: Yeah. I think uh, for me, at least, some of that drive for me is trying to move on from what I've done before. So like, I'm satisfied with where myself and my shop has been. And I want to drive into new things, into teaching, into creating this carousel I was talking about. And so the drive, I think, for me at least, is, is a drive towards change. It's like, I'm satisfied with what I've done. Now I want to move on to something else. Not that I am negating the past or not understanding that that skill set in that previous life has a symbiotic relationship with my future. But for me, my drive often from what in my self-analysis of me kind of being sometimes all over the place is to do something different and to do something new that has a relationship to my past. So moving into teaching, for example, I really want to get more into teaching, moving into a different way of presenting my motorcycles instead of just building motorcycles. And so I feel like, drive, at least for me, is about change, you know, with some kind of relationship to my past. And so that's why I'm always like, Oh, what are you doing next? You know, I'm curious what other people are doing next. Yeah,
0: that's a beautiful, beautiful outlook. I really, I admire that. That's a good attitude to have. Right, right now, I can't see past the current all female build, because they are like, so all encompassing, and they take so much of my heart and my soul and time is. <laughs> What's that? What are you guys building? So we are currently building a 1961 Volvo PV544, which if you don't know what it is, not a big deal. I didn't know what it was for a long time uh, before I got introduced Volvo. to this project. What's that?
1: Little old Volvo.
0: It is, it's a little old weird Volvo. It's really goofy looking. It's It's from the sixties, but it looks like it's from the thirties. Mm. um the back of it kind of looks like a volkswagen bug the front of it kind of looks like a like a 30s ford coupe or like somebody dropped a piano on a volkswagen bug because it's like squished and flat and long and weird and it's it's a bizarre looking car but we're doing some crazy stuff to it i was reading an interview that you had done where you kind of talked about like some of the projects that you get yourself into where you're like what have I done? How did I get myself into this? Now I gotta figure out how to make it happen, right? And That is 100% the ridiculousness that I do with these builds. I'm like, it would be a great idea if we, uh, you know, did this crazy, crazy ass thing. And I have no idea how to make it work. I have no idea if, if it's gonna work, but
1: Sorry, now wife.
0: I'm not committed.
1: Yeah. How do you choose the girls for the show?
0: Or Any- for- oh, for,
1: for the build, anybody
0: who raises their hand. Really? So yeah, we, the builds are open free of cost to anybody who wants to come and participate. So we, w- we work with women who are 30-year veterans working on vehicles. And then we work with women who don't even know what a ratchet is mm-hmm. and everything in between. So it's like very intensive hands-on learning for, for the newbies. And local women come out every, you know, sometimes they'll come out once a week and, or once a month, and then out of towners from all over the country will come in for like a long weekend or a week.
1: Huh, maybe I'll recommend someone. Yeah. There was this like, this kid, so I really want to get more into teaching, especially high school kids. And there was this this girl that was kind of under my wing that I'm trying to nudge a little bit into the car world. So nice. I'll recommend her.
0: Nice, and how about you? She's cool. How about you when you're all healed up? We gotta get you out here.
1: I'd rather, maybe I'd rather send. send-
0: <laughs> You've got enough crazy stuff that you're building. I got
1: stupid ideas going on. <laughs> I, got, I got too many stupid ideas. But make me yes. go visit just to say hi. Well, that you definitely
0: should do. I would love, I would love to meet you.
1: You ever get out to this area? So most of the traveling that i've done in the past x amount of years was to the motorcycle shows but i'm trying to uh, now that the shop has finally moved do more kind of like recreational travel so maybe maybe you'll see me road trip right. out towards you deal
0: or maybe i have to come and check out your new
1: shop i would love
0: that you got bikes to ride but, but not in the winter cuz i moved off the east coast for a reason Y'all are crazy with your winters. What's that?
1: The winter in New England sucks, or in Boston specifically.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. I feel you when you're talking about working in the snow. When I worked in New York, I'm like, Mm-mm. nope, yep. this is not for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. We used to work like literally outside in the snow. We, I have a photo of us snow blowing little tunnels, working on nice. the bikes in the in the tunnels. It sucked,
0: but. Awful. Or you're working on a car above your head and the salt water from the salted roads is like dripping down your arms. That's oh. always fun. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't envy your winters. Nope, nope. So I've seen a couple of people asking and I've seen a couple of other questions to make sure that we say the name of your shop and where you're located.
1: So it is Madhouse Motors. We are located in Boston, 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 not an outskirt of Boston. We are in Boston. Nice. Uh, yeah, Madhouse Motors. Right. right, on Hello Lab in
0: Boston. Nice. Yep. So, we're coming to the end of our hour. So one thing that I always like to ask um, at the end is, what, um, if you, if you had a chance to speak to the younger you, or somebody like you, um, what advice would you give them?
1: If I was to speak to the younger me? Man, the younger me was such a little shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was all over the place. I guess the advice not re- related to career or to the younger me or to anything like that. What I have always said to myself um, is that it, it'll always work out, you know? I say this to myself all the time, where it'll always work out and how it works out. Hi, kiddo. You wanna come say hi? We're almost wrapping up, come here. Mm-hmm. Um, Yay, it's about expectations and it's like if you can manage your expectations. This is Ade, by the way. Hi. Hi, what's your name? Ade. Ade, very nice to meet you. <laughs> you done reading? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll- so, so cute. It'll always work out to manage expectations, but to also kind of like forget the rules. There's so many rules, there's so many restrictions, there's so many boundaries that are kind of instilled and drilled into us as we grow up, where there's these picture-perfect formulas to starting a business. There's these picture-perfect formulas to building a motorcycle, to doing a paint job, to doing a weld. And if you can just kind of like erase all these rules and do it just in your way, it'll work out, you know? And if that means that it fails, it'll work out in the sense that it gives you an opportunity to try again and so you know not you don't have to be hard on yourself but don't you know don't give yourself too much wiggle room it's like just continue to try do your best to like not beat yourself up don't be lazy try and learn ask everyone as much questions as you can put your pride aside I knock on people's doors and ask advice all the time even you know just a couple months ago I reached back out to a welder who I look up to being like, hey man, I would, I'm teaching welding classes now, but I still wanna learn more, you know? Just continue to be curious. Always remember that someone else knows a lot more than you. Try and find that someone and try and learn from them and put your damn pride aside. I, I think that's one of the most important things also is always be a student, even if you're teaching people. So I, I teach people, but I also learn from people. And knowing that there's, there's always room to improve, but there's also always room to teach. And so not harboring all your information and keeping it to yourself and oh, I'm good at this and I want to make sure no one else is, you know, gonna come up from under me. That's like the grossest thing ever trying to you know, learn as much as you can. And so I guess there's a whole algorithm to how to be happy with how you are with your career or your occupation or your craft, and that's created with your own expectations, which, I guess for me, feeling like it'll always work out however it's supposed to. And so, yeah, it's different for everyone, but that's how I am for me.
0: Well, that was a whole lot of powerful words of wisdom. I so agree with so much of that, like, continue striving, continue learning, reach down and bring others up. I love that you're teaching now. Um, and it is, we're everyday learning, we're everyday growing. What what do you? I'm going to go a little past the hour here, just because. Um, but if that's all right with you, um, just for a few moments. I, you know, we hear we hear those words a lot from people, um, motivators and leaders, and what kind of telling us these similar sentiments, right? And it's it's easy to hear it. It's easy to say it. And not everybody is is. It's as easy or comes as naturally to them to be able to implement and and believe it like we can know it here but knowing it here can sometimes be a different thing. What what do you think it is and this is maybe just a weird question to ask but what do you think is it in you? Where did it come from that ability to to have faith, to say it's going to all work out and trust the process and to continue driving and be humble and all of those things that you beautiful
1: things that you said. What where does that come from in you? I feel like my answer might seem kind of counterintuitive um, or not what the typical answer to that would be, if there even is a typical answer. But for me, a lot of my drive was rooted kind of very frankly and like, I guess whatever, I'm okay with my guard being down for now, but was rooted in this kind of massive act of desperation to stay afloat Um, cause like I took on my kid when I was 19, I had no other job uh, and all I knew is that I just had to keep going. And if I kept going dreadfully, I'd wind up digging myself into the ground. I found myself there a handful of times, you know, in this like miserable state where I hated my job and I'm trying to feed the baby and 19 years old and just like, you know, I found myself in, in the pits a handful of times. And now that I'm older, you know, a decade later, I can look back at how I was before and be like, great, I'm out of the weeds when it came to to that kind of dark point in my life. Now I can like finally breathe and I might as well honor that. And so this like empowered, uh, I can do it, I have faith, blah, 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 bullshit has, you know, a dozen years, if not more than that, of a really fucking dark times, to be totally honest, where I I found myself hating my career, struggling to pay the bills, having a body that wasn't as able-bodied as it could have been, you know, and now I try and, like, move past that, and if people are watching me, which is humbling, I would rather project, like, if if I can get through it, hopefully you can get through it, you might have a harder situation, I can't speak to that. But for my situation, I was able to push through and I'm I have a community that surrounds me. I'm a great kid, a great family, people that I love and people that I support and that support me. And so if someone's watching me, I'd rather give them like a thumbs up than hey, the shit can be really hard sometimes without acting like it's all sunshine. It's not all sunshine. You know, I've found myself fucking my head in my hands just being like, damn, this sucks. You know, I don't want to be making x amount an hour doing tire changes with a baby. You know, I'd rather have a damn office job. Like, screw this. But, you know, if you could push through it and realize that there is a chance to have it be okay, then you might as well take the shot. If you, if you love motorcycles, if you love cars, if you love whatever the hell you're doing. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it wasn't all fucking easy. It was almost the opposite. And now I'm here as a 30 year old who's been doing this since I was a teenager acting like oh I'm all good but no there's a really kind of screwed up past to it you know that's like I try not to talk about too much because if someone's listening to me I'd rather tell them something good you know I I
0: appreciate you being real about it and sharing that because I I totally get your inclination and and I have the same one like I want to be positive and upbeat and, and cheer people on and and at the same time I think you know you're talking about the the picture perfect images and all these things that that we see around us that we think we're supposed to act like supposed to be like supposed to do and and for people to hear the real of the story and and to be able to see themselves and other people and know that they're not alone because i feel like so much that's like the struggle that so many so many of us deal with in our lives so as as human beings is feeling like we're the only ones struggling and when we see people who have arrived who have succeeded who have who look like they have it all together share that it wasn't always that way and that it wasn't that easy is a valuable thing
1: it's that's true it also just because i've arrived it doesn't make it that it's easy every day like <laughs> no. for example i'm supposed to be in recovery right now i was just at the shop two hours ago when I'm not even supposed to be driving because there's like bullshit, you know, it's not all, it's not all fun and games and sparks and nope. interviews and stuff like that. It's a lot of, it's a lot of masking what is happening in reality, because you want to project positivity. And so it's not that I'm trying to be a fake or anyone's trying to be a fake sure. that what you put out to the world and not some like hippy dippy Shock or kind of bullshit kind of way, but what you put out, you hope that it affects someone positively so they can walk away with it, with a, a good thing. So if I know that there's some teenager that's looking up to me and I'm teaching a welding class and I'm trying to give them an umph, and I would rather them see that, hey, it can be okay, instead of, dude, I struggled for 10 years, you know. So, it's about finding that perfect balance where you're honest but also uplifting. Yes. Know? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I struggled and I overcame. And you can too. Sure. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. yeah.
0: Well, I am so, so, so grateful that you said yes to joining me on this little happy hour adventure. And I have absolutely, it's been awesome to talk to you. I want to talk to you for hours more and learn all sorts of all the rest about all of the things that you're doing. So we'll have to we'll have to hang out again and catch up again soon. And I definitely want to come and visit your shop at some
1: point, but. You're welcome whenever you want. You got my number now. You're welcome whenever you want. Awesome. And uh, yeah, no, thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, no, I appreciate talking to you. I also appreciate what you're doing and kind of the trajectory of where you're putting in your effort towards the industry, towards women, towards up-and-comers towards the old joes i I appreciate what what you're doing and i think all these people who i can see their comments going on i think they appreciate you too so thank you for that
0: absolutely thank you
1: cheers to kicking butt and taking names
0: and doing awesome stuff Thank you. Have a great night. Everybody out there, thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next week and make sure you check out her pages and give her some love. I'll have the links in the description. This live will be on my IGTV so you can check it out and you can watch it over and over again and hear all of her wonderful words of wisdom. And I will see you guys next week for more fun. And I'll talk to you later, Jay.